Good to see all of you that have come out tonight. I invite you to turn in your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 28, the book of Jeremiah chapter 28. <clears throat> it's not always a pleasant subject to preach some of the things we have to preach, but certainly we preach what the Lord has on our hearts. I told Brother Jackson I I uh, had prepared three messages and I prayed about them to, uh, for a couple of days as to which one I need to preach tonight and God gave me this one. It's uh deals a lot of with preachers and what they come forth preaching. And we look at the key scripture in uh, Jeremiah chapter 28. And the message is entitled, Rebellion Against God. Rebellion Against God. Jeremiah chapter 28. We'll start with verse 15. Then said the prophet Jeremiah unto Hananiah, the prophet, Hear now, Hananiah. The Lord hath not sent thee, but thou makest this people to trust and lie. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will cast thee from off the face of the earth. This year thou shalt die, because thou hast taught rebellion against the Lord. And uh, Brother Robbie and I already started out talking about some differences perhaps, or the things we agree on about the tribulation times, but uh, folks, we're experiencing rebellion every day. Amen. Every day. Well, it, it makes me really sick if I ever tune in to the news I've got where I just don't even want to watch it anymore. But I would ask you to consider this first point. Examine yourself. Does your actions today display rebellion against God. You have to look inside, look at your actions. Do they display rebellion against God? And uh, I would also tell you to think about the influence that you have on others, not only in your home, uh, but also your peer group and your family. Uh, as well as this nation as a whole. So we look at that and we consider this particular scripture in Matthew 12 verse 37. Jesus said, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And one of the most horrific messages that Brother Paul and I, we visited for many years, we would go out and knock on doors and visit houses. And I know Brother Paul will probably remember this. I'd really wish I hadn't heard it. But one young lady who was a member of the church at the time said, I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I thought... I, I really thought about that. I know it's wrong, but I'm going to do it anyway. And I can't get that out of my mind to this day. In the key passage of Scripture, noted in Jeremiah 28, verse 15 and 16, Hananiah called himself a prophet. 
he called himself, it was his self-proclaimed title. And he stood against the prophecy of Jeremiah, whom the Lord called, because the people as a whole did not like the message God sent through Jeremiah. And I can tell you there are people living in the United States today and all over the world that cannot stand the message of Christianity as we know it. I was reading uh, behind not Baptist denomination, but some of the statistics they gave out in particular said uh, in 1955 we had 1.5 million members and today we have less than 64,000 64, members. And uh, they were Christian church, but they were just not Baptist as such. Uh, but if you think about some of the churches in England, how, how firm they stood on the doctrines as we know them that we do agree with uh, from those churches. But I thought 64,000, around 64,000 members still left today uh, and I remember Brother Paul and I, and I think Brother Sam, uh, being told one time that 1.4 million Baptists can't be wrong. But I guarantee you, that was about four splits ago, you know, that I can remember that Baptists have come out from those who were proclaiming such things. So we have to be careful, even those who name the name of Baptist, are they really Baptist? And what do they preach? So it appears that many pastors of today appear to be preaching a prosperity gospel of great things happening to a country and individuals who are rebelling against God. And you see it in their actions, you see it in everything they do. Contrary to many of the messages we hear, the Scripture is clear in 1 Samuel 16 and verse 23 and 24. And I quote there, uh, King James Version, everything is from the King James Bible, that I'm quoting, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is iniquity and adultery, Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. He's talking about Saul. And Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. And I can tell you, that's what we're seeing in political circles today. Everybody is always fearing some type of agenda. They're scared that the word is going to offend and uh, they try to tone the message down in such a way that it doesn't offend anyone. And when you get to that point, you might as well step out of the pulpit. We have a tendency to believe that our sins are personal and only affect our standing with God, but sin is like leaven that grows in you. Then your family, the church, and before long the entire country is affected by just some of the things that people won't take a stand for anymore. First Samuel verse 8 and 7, it says, Hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto thee, for they have not rejected thee, but they have rejected me, that I shall not reign over them. And I tell you, when you get to the point that you think you're walking with the Lord, 
Uh, but you're doing everything that the world does and repeats everything the world says. Uh, no, you're probably, uh, God has just turned you over to the world sometimes for the sifting. Uh, I think about, uh, uh, Jesus telling, uh, the apostle Peter, he said, Peter, Satan is waiting to sift you. But I pray for you that your faith fail not. And I wonder how many times God has to just turn people over to the devil to be sifted. And when they do, they hit the bottom of the barrel and uh, or keep on falling. The bottom is rusty and they just keep on falling. And, uh, and it's a pitiful thing, really. Uh, but we see that. And I will ask you the question, do you rebel? Do you cause your spouse to rebel? And then allow your children to rebel? And I don't have to, I know my children remember the number of times I told them, don't wear this, don't do these particular things. There are many times that you don't know who is looking at you and your witness to the Lord by what you say, what you do, and where you're seen and who you're seen with. And uh, because it does make a difference. And I don't know why I was walking up uh, the steps at my house today and for whatever reason, I thought of a word and I said, forgive me, Lord, I wish that word was not in my vocabulary and to even think about it. And I said, I know where it come from, but I wish I'd never heard it. I wish I'd never heard it. Uh, crook communication makes an impact on people and you can be around corrupt communication you've heard the term and no offense brother john <laughs> i don't know where you are in the navy or whatever but you've always heard people say well they cuss like a sailor and uh brother when i was in the navy that's about all i heard uh as and i you know i'm sure other branches of the armed forces are the same uh but uh I experienced that when I was in uh, in the service, and uh, it was random, talking down to people, cussing people, just for everything you can imagine. And after a while, you just think, well, I'm nothing but a lowdown anyway. So you start thinking that way. I don't have time to go into the studies that uh, people will tell you if you talk to people long enough like they're trash before long, they will start believing it, and they'll start acting that. Do you rebel? It's a serious matter. In Ezekiel 20, verse 13 and 14, But the house of Israel rebelled against me in the wilderness. They walked not in my statutes, and they despised my judgments, which if a man do, he shall even live in them. And... And uh, my Sabbath that greatly polluted, they greatly polluted. Then I said I would pour out my fury upon them in the wilderness to consume them. But I wrought for my name's sake that it shall not be polluted before the heathen in whose sight I brought them out. Ezekiel 20, verse 13 and 14. Sometimes it gets so bad God is ready to just quit with us. Uh, but I can always remember that thing that Brother Paul often said to the congregation here. He said, Brother, 
Men can quit you, and you will remember it. But when God quits you, you won't ever forget it. And uh, and uh, he preached about dives, and uh, I believe it uh, was there in Luke 16, where he I remember him pounding on the pulpit, and Father Abraham replying to dives said, "Son, remember, remember." Because when you're in a place that you will never come out of, and in hell he lifted up his eyes and he said, Father Abraham, please take allow Lazarus to dip his finger in the water and just cool the tip of my tongue because I'm tormented in this flame. But people today don't want to hear about a hell. They don't think hell is anything to be feared. You know, and uh, they'll make light of it and say, well, if I go there, all my friends are going to be there, so I want to join my friends. And they will. They will. But, you know, people don't like to hear that message anymore. But I tell you, it's reality. Have you named the name of Christ as your personal Savior? Uh I've asked many people that question. Do you know the Lord as your personal Savior? And I've had some say, well, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, do you know Jesus Christ? And they will say, well, yeah, I've heard of it, but that's just a myth. That's just a myth. So, you know, when we start putting so many myths in front of our children, and then you try to teach them, then you sort of wonder... Are they going to believe that Jesus is a myth too? What do you talk the children? You know, things I see in symbols, I preached on it, and Sister Sherrington verified with this Wednesday night, and uh, some of the congregants come out of the church and said, I just don't go along with that. You know, I just, I just can't handle that. And uh, I was preaching on making graven images and putting them in the Lord's house. And I said, I don't know why some of the things I see are still in this building. And I said, I fought to get some of them out, and I was successful with that. And uh, she said, Brother Al taught the same message years ago, and he felt like if he pushed it very much, half the church would leave. And I said, they're probably going to leave now because the Lord is just... Put it on my heart. There comes a time when you have to just say, look, this needs to go. This should have never been brought into church to start with and needs to be taken out. But you you read the Scripture and turn over to Exodus 20 and you can see that. And the Lord says, Thou shalt not make any graven image of nothing in heaven or on earth or under the sea. And yet, we find out that you don't think the graven image has an impact, and you look at Dagon, you know, what does Dagon look like? You know, I can remember in the book of, uh, in the book of uh, Judges, I believe it's chapter 16 and verse 23, you know, the Philistines worship Dagon. But Saul was supposed to go in there and he was supposed to wipe them all out. But no, he didn't do that. He was rebellious against what God said as a pastor. 
And David had to deal with them years later because Saul lied and said, uh, Samuel, I've taken them all, you know, I've just done everything. And he said, what is this? In 1 Samuel 15, what is this blowing, blaying of the sheep or whatever they do uh, that I hear? And what is this king there? And Samuel took the sword and, and uh, you know, he lightly touched him with it and said, I not thee. No, he cut him asunder. You know, but when he says get rid of them, get rid of them, he means get rid of them. And you have to make a decision in your life. There are some things and sometimes you're just going to have to leave the, the current company that you're in. Can two walk together except they be agreed, as Amos 3.3 says. Have you named the name of Christ as your personal Savior? Then ask yourself, have you polluted God's name before the heathen? Have you polluted God's name before the heathen? Are your thoughts and actions contrary to what you know to be the good name of God? And I tell you, that's a serious offense. The good name of God. I know in Ephesians 4.30 it says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Grieve not the Spirit. And I... When you start looking, and we look at that a little closer later on in this message, how many times do you think, is God pleased with my actions? Or are you grieving the Holy Spirit of God? Are your thoughts and actions contrary to what you know to be good, the good name of God? Proverbs 17.11 says, An evil man seeketh only rebellion. Therefore, a cruel messenger shall be sent against him. That's what he wants. That's what he'll get. All of us know that judgment is coming, but don't be alarmed and it will start with you as a Christian, as it says in 1 Peter 4, 17 and 18, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And I would beckon uh, each and every one of you listening to this message tonight let judgment start in your heart. As we look further in the message, we are told in Hebrews 3, verse 17, 7 through 13, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your heart as in the provocation, that is, rebellion. If you go back and review that word, that provocation was rebellion. And the day of temptation, those of you who have a Nelson Bible, if you look over in the margin, you'll see that's translated as rebellion. Uh, when your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works for 40 years, 40 years you have been blessed by the Lord. And some of you are almost as old as me and Brother Paul, and some of you hadn't got there yet. Uh, and I think I'm... There's only one other person as old as I am in the church building today. I know I look younger, but <laughs> but bottom line is we grow old and then we think about how we rebelled. Well, your fathers tempted me and proved me and saw my works for 40 years. Wherefore, I was grieved with that generation and said, They do always err in their heart and they have not known my ways. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you an evil heart and unbelief departing from the living God. 
but exhort one another daily as called today. You know, I cannot but preach the message that the Lord has laid on my heart, and yes, it's going to offend. I'm sorry that it offends some people. But I, I tell you, folks, turn over to Jeremiah. <laughs> Jeremiah uh, chapter, I believe it's 31. Yeah, no, 30. Jeremiah chapter 30. And you think about this particular verse. Verses 6 and 7. Ask you now and see whether a man doth travail with child. Ask yourself, does a man travail with child? Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail, and all faces are turned into paleness? Alas, for the day is great so that none is like it. Never a time. But you know, Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing new. It's coming around, Robbie. (laughs) It's coming back around and it's going to come around again. It's great. It's even the time of Jacob's trouble. But he shall be saved out of it. And when we look at that thing and we see the first baby was delivered to a man in the year 2010. And men are going in there and having artificial uteruses put in their body so they conceive and still call themselves women. But I thought it was the most ridiculous thing that I ever seen that a woman walked in there with her so-called husband who had a full beard but she was actually a lesbian. Uh, but she took hormones to the point that she got pregnant. And, uh, and with through artificial insemination. But you think about those kind of things going on in this society, and we're seeing it, and it's been introduced in the school systems throughout the United States, and we're expected to receive it and say everything is okay. The youngins will accept it. Well, they won't accept it. They won't accept it, at least the Christians won't. Uh, God has taught them and, and brought them forth and say, come out from among them, my people. We are warned in Scripture not to grieve the Holy Spirit of God whereby you are sealed into the day of redemption, I've already mentioned that scripture in Ephesians 4 and verse 30. But you may be thinking that you got through that hurdle, but you must look directly in the mirror and ask yourself, do I really want the Holy Spirit to be grieved with me and my actions? So, and uh, Sister Sharon can tell you this, I've had to come before the church as a pastor and say, I have sinned. And that's not easy for a pastor to do. But I tell you, sometimes we do things and I'll turn around and say, I shouldn't have done that. Uh, I shouldn't have done that. I should have been more long-suffering. I should have had more tolerance for some things. But, uh, you know, it's a difficult thing when we see such atrocities going on in the world today 
that we supposedly are supposed to like it. And uh, I've seen more than I want to see. As a Christian, the answer is absolutely not. But be careful of the things you're drawn away with and enticed. In James 1.14 it says, Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. It's not what I lust after. What do you lust after? What are you? What is it that you absolutely have to have and you just can't wait? You just have to have it. You don't see it as being any part other than I've got to sin in order to have it. How important is something that uh, to you in your life? And you have to ask you that question. And uh, I'll tell you it says in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 uh, that every, every sin, every temptation is common to every man. I remember reading 1 Peter chapter 5 and I believe verse 9 one time and I called Brother Paul. I said, Brother, if you're tempted with the same afflictions I'm tempted with, I need to pray for you. Uh, because they don't let up. They do not let up. Uh, you know, you're looking at a person that hasn't slept a wink in 24 hours. Probably more like 30 hours. You know, sleep doesn't come, sleep doesn't come, and you say, well, what's wrong? What's wrong? I don't know. I just don't go to sleep, you know? And I think about that thing, and I know the doctors can give you all kind of pills to make you sleep, but I don't believe in taking pills to make you sleep if I can help it. Uh, I'm not criticizing you if you do. I'm just telling you, be careful about taking drugs. If you, that word coming from uh, sorcery is uh, pornikia. Uh, and uh, it's, uh, that's where we get our word pharmacy. Pharmakia, not pornikia. <laughs> pharmakia. And we get our word pharmacy from that. So you have to be careful at what people are giving you. And uh, the words of Scripture are sombering when you consider how God is affected by rebellion. And if you would look in Isaiah 63 and verse 8 through 10, uh, as we come uh, to a close here, Isaiah 63, verse 8 through 10. For he said, Surely they are my people, children that will not lie. So he was their Savior in all their affliction, and I put in emphasis in bold print, in all their affliction he was afflicted. You know, when we think about Isaiah 53, 6, the Lord laid on him uh, all of our iniquity. And yet God is afflicted because of my sins. You really want to do that to the Lord that saved you? You really want to afflict God because you choose to sin? He that doeth know, he that knoweth to do good and do it not, book of James says it's a sin. And you know to do good, but yet you turn your back on the Lord. And if you look further in the book of Ezekiel to say you loathe your sin. I know Kara sometimes puts that in one of her posts, and, and I do too, Kara. I loathe. I, I just think about some of the things I've done in this life, and I say, how could I? 
do such an awful thing? How could I? I'm ashamed of those things. It's a horrible thing to vex the one that you love. You don't want your husband to be upset with you. You don't want your wife to be upset with you. I know children do not let, uh, like for their parents to be upset with them, but there are times when children were displeased and you have to discipline. Well, God is no different from our earthly fathers. There's time when God has to chastise us as well. And thank God He does. Thank God He does. Jeremiah 29 and verse 32. Uh, we see another uh, pastor there, Shemiah. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will punish Shemiah, the Nehemite, and his seed. He shall not have a man to dwell among this people, neither shall he behold the good that I will do for my people, saith the Lord, because he hath taught rebellion against the Lord. And people constantly call me and say, Why is all this happening to me? Why is it happening to me? You answer your question for yourself. Why is it happening? You know, uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 28 through about 32 says, Let a man examine himself. You know, and when you do that, and then if you don't do it, and you take the, uh, the Lord's Supper in vain, and you, and it goes on to say, many of you are sick, many of you sleep, and many, in other words, you die because you take communion, and you haven't repented of your sins, and you put the Lord to shame. It's a serious thing, folks. Ask God to search your heart, Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. If He shows you that you have a rebellious spirit in you, whatever it may be, from the least to the greatest, then repent while there's time to repent. May God bless you and teach you in all His grace. Thank you.